Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, on this second Sunday of Advent, the Church gives us the great figure of John the Baptist. Every detail of this account in the Gospel is meant to produce a feeling an attitude of repentance in us. For it's only through repentance that we're ready to receive the Lord. That's what Advent's all about. We're getting ready not just for the festival of Christmas, not just preparing for our family gatherings. In the spiritual sense, we're preparing for Christ to come and inhabit our hearts. Well, the great precursor is John the Baptist. We hear first that John made his appearance in the desert. I've spoken to you before about Blaise Pascal, the great philosopher, and his idea of divertissement, diversions. Pascal says most of our spiritual lives are wasted through these distractions, these diversions. We move away, we distract ourselves from the great questions. Who is God? Who am I? What's the purpose of my life? What's the quality of my spiritual life? How is sin affecting me? How do I stand in regard to eternal life? We distract ourselves from these pressing questions in a thousand ways, preferring to live in our entertainments and superficialities. Our culture, of course, conspires to blind us to these spiritual matters and offers us a hundred convenient excuses. I'm okay, and you're okay. Ah, it's just a matter of getting over your hang-ups. You're going through a developmental process. Everybody does it. What are those but distractions, diversions, excuses? What's the desert? This place where John appears. It's the place where our distractions are done away with. When we're stripped down spiritually to the basics, therefore the place where we must confront the truth about ourselves. That's what the Baptist means, I think. That's where he meets us. That's his ground. That's his place. It's the place where the diversions and distractions have been stripped away. And we can ask and answer the hard questions. Spend time with him. There's the first Lesson, I think, of this gospel. Spend time with him during Advent. His theme couldn't be simpler. Metanoiate, he says. Reform. Change your mind. Metanus. It comes from those words. Go beyond the mind you have. Change your attitude. See in a new way. Look. All those might be ways of translating metanoiate. The implication is that we're so 
self-absorbed, self-preoccupied, that we miss what is most important, what John calls the reign of God, which is coming. Ah, and this reign of God is not a what, but a who. The reign of God is someone. I mean God's order, God's way of being, God's way of thinking, God's life now here on earth. Not a what, not a condition. It's a who, it's someone. And John is saying, change your mind, change your attitude, that you might see him. You know, for 2,000 years, the church has echoed John's message, telling the world to pay attention to Jesus, to see what's there to be seen. Heaven and earth have met. God has come to meet us. God's way and style and substance are now a flesh and blood reality. Well, friends, there's the first great lesson now for us. Wake up. Wake up. Repent. Change your mind. See. Look again to Christ. Then we hear, Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him as they confessed their sins. Ah, what an image that is. Here's John, this strange figure in the desert, in his animal skin clothes and eating grasshoppers and wild honey. And yet out to him from the great capital of Jerusalem, out to him from their sophisticated surroundings come the people. Why? To confess their sins. You know, it's a paradox you can see up and down the centuries, right to the present day, that the call to confession is attractive. The call to confession, listen now, when it's given honestly and clearly, is attractive because deep down we all know that we need confession. We're all sinners. The culture, as I said, in a thousand ways says, no, you're not. I'm okay, you're okay, everything's fine, everyone does it, just, just don't worry about it. But deep down we all know that we're sinners in need of repentance. And therefore when that call is heard clearly, it's compelling to us. Advent is a great time to confess your sins because that's the best way to prepare for the coming of Christ. Christ wants to live in you. He wants to reign in you. What's the obstacle? Your own sin. That's the obstacle. That's what's blocking him. Therefore, like these people in ancient Judea, let's all go out to confess. Let's all listen to the summons of the Baptist to confess our sins. You know, I've made reference a lot before to the 12-step programs, people in AA and other addiction uh, programs. What's key in the 12-step process? Acknowledging your own powerlessness. Acknowledging the role that a dysfunction is playing in your life. Try telling someone who's honestly involved in an AA program that He's okay and you're okay and everyone's fine. Try telling them that there's nothing wrong. No, no, just the opposite. They need to acknowledge and see clearly that there is something wrong. 
And then anyone involved in the 12-step programs is asked to give a searching moral inventory. That means a clear, honest assessment of what's off in their lives and what the addiction has done to them. As I've said a thousand times before, sin is like an addiction. Sin is like a dysfunction that's found its way into our spiritual system. The first step, therefore, is to acknowledge our own weakness and to do a searching moral inventory. Oh, friends, Advent's a great time for this. Yeah, you're getting ready for the parties, I know. Get ready for Christmas, nothing wrong with that. But to get ready spiritually means to go out to the desert and to confess. Go to your parish this Advent. I'm sure they'll have a reconciliation service. Go individually if you want. Call the priest. Go during the times of confession. I think it's tragic that this this sacrament has fallen into disuse. Take advantage of it this Advent. Then we hear from John these stark and harsh images. Don't be afraid of them. They're meant to give you life. Listen. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that's not fruitful will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Don't be afraid of them. Find life in that saying. How come? Well, if there are gardeners listening to me, you know the truth of this. Plants have to be pruned if they're going to thrive. What's one way to guarantee the death of a plant? Leave it alone. Don't fuss with it. Don't do anything to it. Don't cultivate it. Don't fertilize it. Don't prune it. Huh. That's the way to ensure the plant will die. Elements that are opposed to the plant's life can develop, not unlike a cancer in the body. These have to be dealt with promptly and harshly. Friends, part of the process of repentance is the identification of these spiritual anomalies. I mean... Those things in us that need to be cut down and burned away. Ah, they're not that hard to find, especially if we're spending time in the desert, especially if we've set aside the diversions and distractions. They're not that hard to find. Hatred, violence, racism, resentments, the inability to forgive, meanness of spirit. There's all kinds of stuff in us that's grown around the good plant of the spiritual life and threaten to choke it. All kinds of things that threaten God's life in us. Okay, even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that's not fruitful will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Good, good. Facilitate that process by allowing God's grace to cut down and cut away and burn away all that needs to be destroyed in us. This great image, too. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor. It's probably odd to most of us. It's borrowed from the rural life of Jesus' time. This act of separating the wheat from the chaff, all that's kind of flighty and weightless and insubstantial, has to be separated from the substantial wheat. And so what the farmer would do is he'd throw the wheat on the threshing floor, then with this winnowing fan, like a kind of fork or a rake, he'd lift it up and allow the wind to blow away the chaff, and allow what's substantial to fall back to the floor. Ah, that's a good image. 
lot of chaff in you and me. Uh-huh. I mean, lots of stuff that's just weightless, insubstantial, spiritually going nowhere. They're wheat in you and me, of course. That's God's life. That's what's good in us. Advent, as we prepare for the coming of Christ, is a very good time to allow God's grace to do this winnowing work in us, to separate out what's no good, weightless, insubstantial, all this fussing around our own egos, all this hatred and stupidity and violence. Christ wants to blow that away in the wind of the Holy Spirit. That's the threshing floor and the winnowing fan. Finally, John says, I baptize you with water, but the one who will follow me will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Ah, now there's the good news. What's the end result of all this repentance? This going out into the desert, this cleansing and purifying, this confession of sins. What's the end result? What's John preparing us for? To be baptized into the divine life. That's the fire. That's the Holy Spirit. Yes, he baptizes with water. It's a baptism of repentance. But what he wants to do, baptizo in the Greek means to dip into. He wants us to be dipped into the divine life. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Repentance, confession, the desert, getting rid of distractions and diversions, all of it is a preparation for that great baptism. You want the fire in you of the divine life? Then first, go into the desert and repent. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal George says, It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 43 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries willing to help you during times of loss. Call 708-449-6100 for assistance. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.